0: Casting live from the DKI Studios in downtown Toronto, 234 King Street East out of the Pacific Junction Hotel. Coming up today, we're thrilled to have Senator Larry Smith, yes, that Larry Smith, formerly of the Montreal Alouettes, I guess you could also say the Bishop Gators, former commissioner of the league, in which we can talk uh, probably in, in some pretty good detail about the U.S. expansion his take on that, and of course, his life now as a, a senator. The news yesterday of Ray Emery in, in Hamilton at 35 years of age, drowning in in Hamilton Harbor. Uh, it was uh, it was probably really shocking to 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 hear that as it came across, and the circumstances again. There's just a lot of details that people don't know, but when you hear the police, Dave, call it. Uh, misadventure it just i guess we'll find out as, as details will come out but uh, a sad story nonetheless also as we uh take a look the uh wrap-up of the uh, Calgary stampede the dash for cash and so basically uh, it's kind of like nascar that's how chuck uh, wagons work so you have the uh the the 36 guys who go out there and uh they, they race for the uh, nine days, get to a semifinal. Then the top four times, they dash for $100,000. It is great theater. And people are saying, what, what are you talking about? You no, know, Wait till you see it. It is is awesome stuff. And, of course, we'll also continue to talk about a little bit of Major League Baseball and how people aren't going. Uh, All-star break, Dave?
1: The quietest time of the day, a uh, year, summer. Dog days of summer—is that officially it? The dog days. Oh, I—I uh, I,
0: I think so. And, and this is
1: the week usually people book off.
0: <laughs> well, I—I normally have never worked this time of year no. ever. <laughs> I've not. I, I don't think I've ever talked about the Tour de France. Nope, not done that. Uh, any of the tennis, as you know. Nope. And uh, and the, look, the one thing, and I still don't tire of it. You know, I talk about you know the the jumping of the shark of the slam dunk competition. So we have the home run derby, but for some reason, I don't tire that. Nope. Do you?
1: I'm okay with that. You could hit home runs all day long, and I'll watch.
0: It's like watching a guy like a long drive competition. Yep, those freaks who get out there with the extra long, you know those. My you, favorite part of golf: yeah.
1: swinging the club as far uh, fast <laughs> as you can. Yeah.
0: No, we've seen that.
1: That's that's the only 18 shots in a in a in a in a afternoon or my favorite 18.
0: Yeah, when the greenskeepers see Dave coming, they don't like him. They're not big on the 250 mile an hour swing. <laughs> there's like, Dave, you know, if you just slow it down, no, I will not. Yeah, it takes away from I, those 18 strokes. It, it's, it's, that, it's that moment of whatever is going on in Dave's life, whatever the frustration is. Maybe, is it the pterodactyls? Well, the pterodactyls
1: are champions again. Okay, yeah, they're we, champions again. Yeah, but, we, but,
0: but, but maybe there's a, a strikeout, or maybe there was a slide that was poorly done. Yep. This comes out in that swing. It does. There's a lot of DJ styles, it's I think, a lot of, in that, that sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: We miss Rusty this time too. Well, guess who was <laughs> back yeah, exactly. from
0: his lavish vacation uh, in and and I'm not I'm not making this up. Uh, he went to Sweden, young Russell did. And now you are back from your excursion. Tell me about the craziness that it, that that ensued upon you meeting the Swedish people.
2: Uh well Sweden was the first week. Uh, that was pretty exciting we watched the uh, Sweden Germany game in Stockholm mm. the group stage that Germany heart I guess was the heartbreakers against Sweden in the last minute you
1: got the last laugh though
2: yeah yeah that was it, it was a lot of fun showed up uh, my mom came surprised my brother uh, so that was pretty cool she came just for the Sweden part of the trip my brother and his girlfriend got engaged over there while wow. we were there, so congratulations, congratulations to them. Uh, yeah, but
0: as you know, I was against all of that. Yes. I think, Dave, if you're going uh, as a young man, how old is he?
2: Uh, almost 24. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Way way too early. And he
0: went to Sweden, and he took the girl. He brought a girl with him to Sweden. Crazy. Nobody does that. No. And then his mom now shows up.
1: <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's even more. Than... You see,
0: this is why the Graham family, much nicer boys, way, I'm sure, than yes. the Bastle boys or uh, the Richards clan. Completely. My mom showed up and going, you get back on the plane. <laughs> I don't know how you say it in Swedish. Hind, um, in the but you're getting back
2: on that plane. That's right. How much Swedish did you learn there? Yeah. Uh I learned thank you, uh which is just tack. I know I said yeah. yeah, yeah. I wrote him
1: yesterday tack uh, in a, in a text message. And he didn't respond, so I assumed he didn't know what the hell I was mm-hmm. writing.
2: Um, and then thank you, kind of like thank you very much or whatever is just taximika. That's fantastic. These and are these come in very handy
0: in a, in a conversation. That, you didn't you did drop the humordu?
2: No, because everyone speaks English there. It
0: doesn't matter. <laughs> so tell us about the girls then, because this is all we really care about.
2: Yeah. It was. Was it a smoke show everywhere yeah. you went? Yeah, there was some pretty good looking people oh, there God, for sure. Just tell us the truth. No, there was. So there, did anything happen? Oh, we
0: don't care about Did uh, anything no. happen? Oh, no, no. That's great.
2: No, nothing.
1: <laughs> so goose egg. Did everybody, did everybody recognize you and say, oh, yes, uh, Russell oh. Graham.
2: Oh, it looks like it's uh, roast beef. Yes. Oh. Did you get uh, a lot of that? I want the chunk uh, of roast beef. Just everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> worldwide <laughs> fame. There you go.
0: Roast beef melts in my mouth now. Roast beef. <laughs>
2: well, uh, glad to have you back. Glad to be back,
0: uh, Devin. Just so you know that, because now he's a he's a pal of yours, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It goes to uh, goes to Ryerson with me. Both going into fourth year this upcoming year, so our last one, and then we're done.
0: Okay. Well, he he did a, obviously a fabulous show. You picked the great guy. You picked a, an awesome guy to do that. We got a, got a chance to, to thank Devin. That's right. Because we just decided that uh, Thursday, Friday, we're nah, off. We're off.
1: Yep. Let's just say roast beef. That Devin is kind of like our show's John Tavares. So it's uh, it, was a, it was it was a pretty
0: it was a pretty good pickup. Yeah, that didn't go over well. <laughs> <laughs> and silence from Russell. But but watch but, how our mics. All of a sudden, start but,
1: cutting out. But Russell's our uh, Russell's our Connor Brown.
0: Okay, that's good. That's good. What's
1: wrong with Connor Brown? Nothing What's wrong with, with Connor good? Brown. Thank you. Affordable well, contract. Well, Russell, score you're, twenty goals. You're
0: better than Connor Brown now. See. I think he wanted to be a different player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He wanted, I think, yeah. I think
1: he wanted to be 34. Yeah. he
0: Or a little Marner talk. He yeah, He yeah. kind of likes the Marner Dad, talk. That, too. We know that. But it's great to have you back, Roast Beef. you're watching rawmikerichards.com <laughs> on the dedicated YouTube channel or right on the website itself, rawmikerichards.com, thanks so much for uh, subscribing. <laughs> you
1: know what the funniest part of that? While I'm thinking of a player, I'm thinking... I'm trying to name. What the he like most a, be like? No, but I'm trying to think of like a third or fourth line guy, and it's like they don't really have a bad winger anymore. No, because they got rid of Matt Martin, which I, in my opinion, I don't think that's a great move. But whatever, you know, it, it, he fit a role, right? But I'm trying to think of a winger. You mean The of, only guy that's probably not afraid status. to do stuff. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but man, okay. Bring on the season. Anytime October wants to come, it's not uh, fast enough for me.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know what they're, uh, and again, you know, in, in talking about the NHL, right, I mean, there, there really is almost no offseason. But the one thing that I certainly was not expecting, and, uh, you know, for for, for Ray Emery, uh, when we talked uh, about him just earlier on about his passing, I mean, it's all over the internet, it's all over television. This is not uh, new news necessarily, but uh, in Hamilton Harbor, and the the report, the only information that we really have, Dave, is the he he you know dives off the boat or whatever at six a.m. But but he, Hamilton Harbor, you're going to swim in Hamilton Harbor? Yeah. Why? Well, uh, like you wouldn't even. No way that. I don't know. It's just a very, very strange story on a guy that um, I don't know historically how he's going to be looked at because I think he was a much and played at a much higher level of goal than I think maybe he gets credited to simply because he was a pretty colorful guy, wasn't really shy about saying things, and he liked to drop the gloves because actually he did like boxing. He could he could use his hands like legit, yeah, like legit use his hands. And so I'm not sure – what what that looks like now? I see a lot of horrible things on this. I mean, you know, what do you think social media is all about? I mean, this is where some real scumbags want to sit there and, and write some pretty horrible things. But in retrospect, I think for the most part, his teammates loved them. Yes. Um, I mean, I think within that room, regardless of what fans think, which, by the way, doesn't really drive very many professional athletes if it does you're in big trouble uh but for ray emery you had some dealings because you actually covered uh, the Sens in that 0607 season
1: yeah i covered the senators for a full year when i was in ottawa for a maternity leave so uh, that that team included like a, a danny Heatley, daniel alfredson jason spezza in their prime a wade Redden when he was good wow. Zdeno chara when a- he was about to go to boston uh, John Muckler was the GM Brian Murray was the head coach which I, I love and rest in peace Brian Murray uh, Chris Neal, Brian McGrattan, guys like that and, and I named some of the tough guys like McGratton, Volchenkov uh, on the point, Chris Phillips all those tough guys even the call-ups like um, like uh, like uh, uh, Steve Martins and, and guys like that Ray Emery was the toughest guy on the team nobody ever wanted to F with ray emery period ray emery uh was usually very casual very cool very calm uh cool cat but when you pissed off ray emery on the ice ooh, 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 ooh. this was the toughest goaltender in the league in his day like this was you know the the ron hextel of the 80s uh, the ray emery was it in the 2000s kind of thing like there wasn't a better person than that in in, in that aspect of it and i know i know Fighting isn't a goaltender's thing, but if you ever drop the gloves with him, all you have to do is look at some of the things he did. Andrew Peters comes to mind. Um, this guy was uh, was was lights out great in that department. He always was very casual in the dressing room in my dealings. Um, he'd always comment on clothing because he was a very fashion forward guy. He was styling, guy. absolutely was. So anything I'd wear differently, or he'd always have a comment for, but I have nothing but respect for Ray Emery as a player. I didn't really know him as an individual because I don't hang out with players, but he was in a situation where him and Dominic Hasek shared the goaltenders uh, creased. And um, you talk about, you know, picking up for a, for a Hall of Famer in front of him. Ray Emery was, uh, was a, a starting goaltender in a backup role in Ottawa when I was there.
0: Well, uh, you mentioned uh, those that did not enjoy their time uh, playing against Ray Emery. Uh, Brayton Holtby. Yes. For instance. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Miller, too. Uh, they they <laughs> thought at some point, I guess it would be good to uh, mix it up with uh, Ray Emery, as you will see in this next video, as uh, filmed by, I can only assume, a uh, Flyers fan, that this did not go well for Brayden Holtby. I got the best seats in the house. <laughs>
1: I think so.
0: The commentary is he's, fantastic. He sounds like the color guy from the Minnesota Vikings. Or no, no, that no, was the New England Patriots. Yes, Scott Zolak. Yeah. Once again, a lovely Christmas film for the kids, courtesy of the Philadelphia Flyers. You don't see that that often anymore, right? That's old time <laughs> hockey. That is old, and that's not that long ago. No, I know. Ray Emery's only thirty-five years old. You Yeah. Know? <laughs> That wasn't nineteen seventy two.
1: No, no, no. But you know what? If you if you darken the picture, take off the advertising on the boards, it would fit right in. Yeah,
0: Dennis Baruch going, oh, I remember that fight.
1: (laughs) Dennis, you weren't even playing. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Crazy. If you want to see how he played goal, this goes back to his senators' time. As I said, I think sometimes because of what you just saw in the previous clip, you might forget about this kind of stuff. There it is uh, once again uh, the work of uh, Ray Emery gone at the age of 35 and I think about it Dave 35 is yeah. just so young and, and so much I, ahead of him too. Exactly. Well, and there'll be some details obviously uh, coming uh, coming uh, forthcoming. I would think from as the Halton and Hamilton today, yeah. Yeah. as
1: early as today. Yeah. You're right because you know they're going to test uh, they're going to do tests on the body and uh, you know my my first initial thought was. Why are you swimming where you're swimming at that time of morning it's, it's on a odd. Sunday? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, did something happen on Saturday that the night kept on going? Or like, I mean, this is all speculation, of course, but I mean... People don't I, go swimming in Hamilton Harbor, don't, Harbor, Dave. Yeah, they, they don't. don't. And you can
0: walk a, across it or set it on fire.
1: It's true. You know, and I just kind of sit there and I kind of, oh, man, I... I don't know, but we will find out more. Uh, of course, none of us were there, and uh, exactly. I mean, I know there is uh, a lot of
0: speculation, but look, folks, you're going to have to wait on this one. And I, uh, I think you can at least appreciate for those of his family members. Uh, can we can we class it up a little bit? Because seriously, that, that's the, the one thing about social media is any lunatic it's with brutal. whatever they want to say can say it, and it's been pretty uh, pretty sick. Uh, some of it. Uh, also, uh, as we we mentioned off the top of the hour, Senator Larry Smith. Yes, sir. You know what I just did there almost the Montreal Canadiens when the guy's name's Larry? A Larry. A Larry Robinson. A Robinson. Could have been. he's he's, he's
1: probably a Canadiens fan,
0: too. (laughs) Uh, He probably is. He probably is. We'll uh, talk to him in uh, a little over 10 minutes' time. I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, for Larry Smith himself, he was on some of the most amazing Montreal Alouette years. I think of, you know, when the big O comes in, when you look at Joe Barnes, when you look at... You know, the it, it, there was a level of excellence uh, that Don, uh, certainly Don Matthews, like they all went through there, and of course the Marv Levy years, hmm. the Marv. A lot Levy of people years, forget about that too. They do forget about it, Dave. And, of course, a lot of people are saying, "What are you talking about?" You no, know, Marv, Marv Levy was was a significant coach in the Montreal Alouettes, certainly in those, those those years in the 1970s. They were very dominant, in amongst the Edmonton Eskimos, obviously being part of that group. The Big O as a kid. So the moment the the '76 Olympics are over. As a CFL fan, I can't believe that I'm going to see a football stadium that is going to look like this. Mm -hmm. A football stadium that looks like the things that I see in the NFL. I just moved back from the States that year. This team in Montreal, they had some classic Grey Cup uh, uh, clashes again with uh, teams like Edmonton, the snow, the, uh, the game in the snow. But also, when you're talking about iconic teams of that time, Leo Cahill certainly was one of those coaches. Here is a matchup between the, the uh, Montreal Alouettes and the Toronto Argonauts. This is Marv Levy versus Leo Cahill. This is uh, an incredible moment in which you're going to see a future uh, commissioner of the league and now a future senator as he played for nine years with those Montreal Alouettes. Significant, and he played... Mostly running back, but he did pretty much everything. And if you played on a Marv Levy team and want we'll ask him about this, you better come prepared. Once again, property of the Canadian Football League. And I got to say, this is just a great moment. Watch this clip. Mike Wilson, one of the Georgia connections, certainly looking out there, hoping that the defense can get them the ball back and not give up any more points before halftime.
3: Barnes on first down. It's good to Larry Smith. A seven-yard gain at the Toronto 26. Smith has caught half a dozen on the season. Second down. As he's worked in and out of the Montreal offensive lineup, very much in it right now. And a concern Leo Cahill right now. Well,
0: he should be. He looks like he's got an 91 left rider tie on so that's Don Chevrolet and Dan Kepley doing this game for CBC.
4: Barnes intercepted in the end zone.
0: Watch this. Lewis. Uh-oh.
4: Harris. He's gonna take this all the way for a Toronto touchdown with 12 seconds left. <laughs> Turn around.
2: Look at Leo
0: Cahill. Yes, Leo, it's true. Ah, <laughs> oh, Chevy, one of the great ones. But, Dave, there I saw a stadium. You're talking about 60,000, 70,000 people watching a game in the CFL at the time. You know, you know, we're, we're talking even when it was packed, and, and Toronto would pack them in at, the, uh, at Exhibition Stadium. But to think that you could even get, like, 40 or 50. 50, 50 was big. 50 mm-hmm. was big. And so you just had, uh, obviously, Edmonton. They eventually get their stadium, but, you know, uh, Taylor Field. I mean, what did the Winnipeg Stadium hold normally? Were they about 30?
1: Yeah, 30 was pushing it, yeah. Right, but packed to the Raptors, 30. exactly. Yeah, and then they expanded the end zones, both end zones, for Grey Cups and stuff like that, like the last one I saw in Winnipeg, which was uh, the Rocket Ishmael one, 1992. Uh, Argos Stampeders, Danny Barrett, the quarterback yes. of the Stampeders against uh, the uh, flash and dash of the Argos with Bruce McNall and John Candy and Wayne Gretzky on the sidelines. I still vividly remember sitting in the end zone and uh, arguably the coldest uh, outdoor uh, sporting <laughs> oh, event yeah. I've ever been to.
0: John Candy on the sideline. His face was frozen.
1: Yes. Matt Dunnigan was the starting quarterback for the Argos that yeah, day.
0: He missed so much of that year. Yeah. And Ricky Foggy played a lot of it. That's right. And the players said at halftime, you know, they could hear him. It wouldn't be screaming because Matt doesn't scream. But when they were putting the needles into him mm-hmm. to deaden the pain of that shoulder, I mean, he came out with that military <laughs> Arlie Ermy <laughs> haircut right. because he'd had the golden locks the whole year. And when he came out for business... He looked like it meant business. It really was a heroic and a magical season uh, that I look back on that gray cup. And, of course, also famous for the 1991 beer can throw. That's right. You said you know who that guy is. Yeah.
1: Winnipeg knows Winnipeg, right?
0: <laughs> so. People go, I wonder who did that. It was uh, it was Tom. I was talking to him last night at the Legion. He said he was going to throw a beer can if the rocket tries to return Just one. missed him, too. Yeah. I
1: know. The rocket was so fast, he dodged a beer can from uh, from the 40th row. Yeah. It,
0: it was it was quite a throw in terms of really a beer can throws. Really and at first when I saw it, I thought it was a snowball. Yeah, me and too. And then I'm like, oh, oh no. oh, nope. oh That was a nope. can. That was a beer. That was a beer cat. It was a, but what it was worth it was surprisingly a, enough. It
1: was a very pro Calgary crowd, which is weird because it's in Western Canada and they love Toronto. <laughs> no, they don't. They hate them.
0: Mazzotti had a big game. Yep. We had P- Mazzotti in the yeah, studio. Double he t- eights. He talked about that uh, big catchy head because he was good too. Very People good. forget how good. And you know what? It, it usually is about a lot of you know Canadian slot backs, and I look at the the great ones that Calgary had mm-hmm. before we get to Larry Smith in about five minutes or so. You know, the one thing that you can say about, and I see a lot of different words, and I'm going to talk to uh, Senator Larry Smith about the words used about the uh, expansion. But the Grey Cup, 1995 in Regina, wasn't exactly a heat wave either. And it's the last <laughs> time that they that they started doing the ridiculous, massive, put everybody in the end zone, as many people as they could get. Yep, Because the guy had a heart attack during that game, halftime. And they had to like 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 body surfing at like a Foo Fighter concert. I don't remember that. Oh yeah, <laughs> really? I, <laughs> wow. Like, it was, yeah, like sure, but sure. they the thing. And I oh, I was always told about the, the, those end zone uh, structures. Winnipeg, there might be a little bit of wind. Might be a little bit of wind. Just a tad. That the thing was like
1: seriously. It moved when you walked up the <laughs> the extra seats. You, you, you felt that. Okay, so my next step going to be my last. <laughs> Honestly, it was... It's not supposed to do that, no, right? No, not mean,
0: supposed to be moving. No. Uh, so this is the, the then Baltimore Stallions and the Calgary Stampeders. The Grey Cup was 1995 in Regina. The quarterback for, not surprisingly, the Stamps at this time, Doug Fluey. But maybe, just maybe, if you do go back, Tracy Ham. In this Baltimore team, which eventually becomes the great Montreal Al- Alouette team. That's right. But boy, I'll tell you, the team they put together was fantastic. They win this Grey Cup in 1995, and it kind of shuts people up as to just how good some of these teams were south of the border.
4: First and 10 now from the 33 yard line. Over the middle to Gerald Alphon, and he has another.
0: See, there's another down. First down. outstanding Alphin receiver.
4: The year with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on the labor day weekend was cut by cal murphy had some options memphis or baltimore
0: opted to sign with baltimore and they feel he takes another late great voice dave nice. don whitman tracy
4: reads this. calgary does a little bit different in their drop they drop marvin pope you can see him spinning around he doesn't see joel Alpin. and joel alfin gets downfield quickly tracy hits it throwing over the middle, and it was knocked down at the line of scrimmage.
0: See, these, these were the years where these Wally Buono, uh Calgary Stampeder teams could have won, I'm saying at least in the 90s, at least four or five Grey Cups. They were that good.
4: Once you feel your stall, and you see the arm motion of the quarterback, get your hands up, and get up high. Gets up that right hand,
2: knocks it down.
0: They had a lot of weapons and they had a great defense in Baltimore, and this was, again, another It seems like over and over again, an exceptional Calgary Stampeder team.
4: Ham completes the pass to Tui Pelotu, and he is going to be stopped short of the first down by McClanahan.
0: See, there were a lot of guys, too, that came on.
4: looks as though he's only about a yard shy, so Don Matthews. Here's
0: Don Matthews again. To make. <laughs> it seems like he won 47 Great Cups. I know he I didn't, but it, it just seems that way. 45 will be. know
4: Coach Matthews over the years, a little bit of a gambler, and plus, when you have the guys up front that average 300 pounds, six, foot six you better think you can get a yard, and you got Mike Pringle in the back. In the eye formation, they scatter. Tracy Ham will keep. And it looks Tracy as though Hamm he football. should have the first down, but it's Okay,
0: I'm not sure if this is where we wanted to start it because it seems there's a lot of plays. The the CFL's that uh, I would normally not show, Dave. Diving on. for a first down, He'll the ball's knocked the down. Seems a little. Uh,
4: Calgary think they've
0: stopped him. Oh, okay. But that, that was, uh, I think, to me, in some ways. Um, a reflection on, I think, what they wanted to have happen south of the border. So in just a couple of minutes here, we're going to call Senator Larry Smith to get his take on really the, the genesis of this. And I'm going to go back, and just before we get to him, this is a very young duchy. This is a very young Darren tradition when they talk about Larry Smith and this idea of expansion. And and again, uh, you gotta you got to check this out. Here's a very young dentatician talking about, and this is at halftime, this is at halftime, here's Commissioner Larry Smith talking about, and of course also seen on ESPN, on the dose, Larry Smith.
5: Welcome back to McDonald's Halftime. We're glad you're with us. You know, his plan has always been expansion, his passion the Canadian Football League. Commissioner Larry Smith has seen his share of troubled times with the league, but likes the horizon ahead.
6: Most of these centers have had the USFL, the World League of American Football, and the World Football League. So we have to sell staying power and consistency, and our owners know that. And so uh, at first, there's going to be a bit of uh, skepticism because people are going to say, oh, we've seen this all before. But uh, once people realize that the league itself is 100, 304 years old, and we're not going to go anywhere, and uh, whereas in the past, it was the teams in these markets that succeeded and the league failed, It's a reverse situation this time where the league has succeeded, and now these teams have to succeed. Uh, I think it'll be very interesting, but uh, the fan reaction so far has been positive, and and the real catch is when the people see our product. Because in Sacramento, we may have only averaged 15,000 people a game, but for the people who saw our product, most of them all came up and said, you know, really difficult for us to go and see an NFL game after watching a CFL game. took a vote uh, about a year and a half ago to really enshrine our rules because we feel that the rules are the key to the future of our business and uh, to change those rules you'd have to have unanimous uh, support and uh, as long as we have Canadian teams there's always going to be one person who puts a hand up and say no I don't want to change so I think we positioned ourselves to protect ourselves Uh, I think that uh, also it's important to understand that uh, our American owners recognize that if they go in with a MeToo product, we're going to get killed because, uh, let's face it, the NFL is very strong. We're selling a unique product. We're creating our own niche. We don't compete against the National Football League. We, ha- we have to compete against ourselves. Good morning.
0: That's what's important. Uh, I would say uh, bonjour, hello, como se va, Senator Larry Smith. It's Mike Richards calling from rawmikerichards.com. Hey,
3: Mike, how are you?
0: <laughs> well, I just, got a, I, I just saw a very uh, young uh, Larry Smith talking about the expansion in '94, '95, and wh- what what uh, came out of that. And and I will say this, Senator, I, you know I see these words describing that time, and it says ill-fated. Or failed, but t- to my way of thinking, at that time it did have a huge infusion of cash that the league badly needed. We got we eventually get some great teams and players that come out of that. And the validation on the quality of football really, you know, was, was verified when you had a Baltimore Stallion team that not only put a, a great, great cup together against the BC Lions in BC, but they beat uh, a, an enormously talented Calgary Stampede team led by Doug Flutie. They win in Regina. To me, that checks that box. That says to me that it wasn't necessarily, in retrospect, as bad as I think sometimes people make it out, Senator?
3: Well, it was a critical step in the uh, history of the league to, um, I'm not going to say save the league, but uh, when I first got involved as commissioner, uh, I recognized that the league was in terrible shape. We had probably half of our franchises that were either failing or we had some questionable leadership in the franchises, and um, we didn't have any corporate sponsorship. We had a very small television contract. And, and the truth is, if it wasn't for the initiative of Gordon Craig and Jim Thompson, who were heading up TSN at the time, um, we would have been really kaput. So uh, when you look at the, 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 the spectrum and, and really what took place, uh, in my mind, and I'm not saying this because I was in the slot, but uh, it was troubled times, but a great opportunity. And, and the expansion did exactly what you said. It gave us some credibility in the States. Uh, we were able to sell Doug Flutie's name in the States with David Archer to get ESPN up to a higher level. Uh, we were able to get some uh, penetration in the U.S. market as small as it was. Uh, we were able to get uh, a benefit as uh, the exchange of referees, and I'm not sure if uh, a lot of people recognize that there's been an exchange with the CFL and the NFL with referees for, uh, God, the last 10 or 15, 20 years uh, because of the uh, uh, our entrance into the United States. And so, um, a lot of good things came out of it and no one the only people who got the money from the franchise fees uh, were the canadian teams the uh, and none of the uh americans who joined us got any of that money so uh, uh you know it was a very interesting time so <laughs> well
0: well and but uh, as you said vitally important so i think uh you know if you're you're able to 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 go back in the time machine knowing what you knew now you would still do it again yes
3: Uh, Yes, but in a different way. Uh, The truth of the matter is, when uh, we started that uh, experience, um, basically, uh, and I'm not going to say I, because I don't like saying I too many times, but I had no resources. Basically, one part-time person who was helping me with the expansion, and uh, it was basically a free-for-all, and what we tried to do is set up a strategy at the beginning, and the strategy was quite simple, a border point strategy. Uh, Our first uh, uh, opportunity was with Fred Anderson in Sacramento, but we wanted to be closer to Canada and we focused on Portland and uh, we uh, got involved with Peter Jacobson, uh, the golf uh, pro uh, out of Portland. Uh, Peter was well known and uh, I was lucky enough to go and meet David Stern who was the, uh, the Commissioner of the NBA at the time and he helped give us some ideas of how we could possibly look at this opportunity but he was very helpful. Gary Bettman actually was, I believe, working for uh, David Stern at the time, if I uh, remember correctly. But we had a border point strategy, so Portland, Syracuse, those type of places that were close to the Canadian border uh, would really be opportunities. We realized after getting Fred Anderson involved with Sacramento, and Fred was an outstanding owner, uh, that it was going to be other markets that stepped in also and uh, of course baltimore with jim spiros uh stepped up and uh, jim did a fantastic job of uh, building and resurrecting football uh, in baltimore after the uh, colts had left so when you, when you look at the the strategy itself uh we didn't necessarily stay on point with the strategy in terms of specific markets but we did have a a plan that said hey let's try to get penetration in markets where we can get some critical mass and uh, Uh, build something. And uh, And that's where we started. And you
1: certainly did. Senator Smith, it's uh, David Bassel here. It's so good to talk to you this morning. uh, And thank you for joining us. Uh, You you kind of led to my my question where where Sacramento was part of it, San Antonio, Memphis, a, a lot of these cities not not border towns to Canada and after a while I know I know Sacramento was the first city that expanded you had that one expansion I believe it was in uh, 1993. Uh, after that did did you have? other companies or other businesses in the United States coming to you or was was there a little easier sell in in 94 when you continued to expand up to five teams in 1995 did they start coming to you instead of you coming to them as far as wanting a team in their city
3: well you have to understand that uh, at the time we were selling franchises for three million dollars U.S. And so for uh, people in the United States who are entrepreneurs, uh, the entrepreneurs jumped out of the woodwork. Yeah. And uh, basically, if you understand the U.S. mentality, uh, anything is possible in the U.S. Uh, dreams are made in the U.S. and people are coming and, and visiting with us. And uh, basically, oh, $3 million and uh, $10 million cash flow over and above. Oh, we can do that. And uh, great entrepreneurialism, but uh, there was a lot of people that were not necessarily as qualified or as competent or as, uh, uh, how do I say, credible as, 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 as we, 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 we thought. However, um, with the entry of Fred Anderson, who was uh, with World Football League, Fred was a very, very credible and, and dignified man. Uh, and then we got Spiros involved with, with uh, Baltimore and uh, with the success they had, they were averaging 40,000 people a game and put a great team together. Uh, It was easier, but uh, the real issue was trying to get the critical mass and trying to get a a real formal strategy because it started to jump out of the woodwork. And uh, the ability of getting border point uh, towns such as Portland, uh, the group in Portland were were kicked the tires for quite a period of time. And then we had some people in Syracuse kicking some tires also but uh, you ended up going to bigger markets and then you get the arthur williams down in uh, birmingham and arthur these were billionaires arthur williams fred smith from uh, federal express these were big time hitters and even nick maletti it was a the las vegas franchise turned out to be a disaster but uh, Nick Maletti and his group out of LA. Uh, raised uh, six over six million dollars in 30 minutes in terms of uh, capital, wow. venture capital, uh, to fund that franchise. The problem was they took the three million dollars that they paid us, put it in their pockets, and they <laughs> ran the franchise into the ground with three million dollars in about four months. So uh, you know, if you look back at the history, uh, it was well-intentioned, and uh, a lot of good things came out of it. Uh, But the fact of the matter was is that uh, we had very, very limited resources. So going back to your question, would you do it again? Absolutely. Would you do it again differently? Uh, Absolutely, because we have more knowledge uh, this time than last time. But uh, if you look at the CFL now, I think that uh, Randy Ambrosi's really got the right strategy. And this goes back over 20 years. Uh, Get yourself into Halifax, uh, into a major market in the East Coast so you complement and have 10, 10 teams, which gives you a... Uh,
0: fantastically uh, senator uh, you uh, certainly come to uh, success uh, uh, I would say sometimes uh, my dad being a coach and, and a great educator you know we we, we learn along the way and uh, when I look at you know how how your life has been you know from from coming to bishops and then and then I think uh, working under and playing for uh, the great Marv Levy I mean I would think there are things that you learned in that period of time that you must carry today with you as a senator
3: Well, I have to admit to you that uh, I've had three people in my life who were mentors. Uh, One was Bruce Coulter, who just recently passed away at Bishops, and uh, Bruce was just an outstanding coach, but a great person and and did so much to help young men develop. It helped me personally in my career to be able to get into the CFL. Uh, Marv Levy was just uh, very similar to Bruce in terms of his demeanor. Uh, He was very balanced, he was uh, thoughtful. Uh, Very intelligent and uh, just had a great love for our our team. The other, I had a business associate who helped me out in in business and got me into John Labatt Limited and was my next door neighbor, Terry McDonald. And I didn't even know it until after the headhunter called me. But people who help you in your life are so important. This is why I always say to players get out, get involved in the community. And this is, of course, what we did in rebuilding the Alouettes. Uh, We got ourselves so heavily entrenched in the community. Uh, that you help young people develop, and uh, uh, I think this is one of the key factors that uh, helped me in my life is give back to the community which you received uh, when you were young.
1: I wanted to talk about something you just brought up when you when you brought up Randy Ambrosi and uh, expansion because we do hear talk that there will be a team in Halifax and there's even some rumors that perhaps Quebec City or or, or something of that nature. When when and now rewinding it back to the 90s, uh, did you ever consider? Any expansion in Canada at that time uh, with with a Halifax or a New Brunswick or a, or a Quebec City? I know it wasn't as big as a hotbed, especially the Quebec example, just because of what's happened in the CIS in that in that province. Uh, was there ever any talk, maybe a Saskatoon, a second team in the in the province of Saskatchewan? Uh, did any of this ever cross the uh, the uh, the table when you're the commissioner of the league?
3: Well, you just brought up Saskatoon. Saskatoon was a a, a site that came in into focus, uh, not not for very long. Right. Uh, Quebec City, of course, with the success of the Rouge AR, uh and I spent time in Quebec City uh, back in 1994. Uh, the challenge was, as you had Patrick Croix and Jacques Tanguy control uh, hockey, amateur hockey, and uh, college football. And they had a great gig going in, the, in terms of making sure that uh, they were getting fifteen, sixteen thousand 16,000 people out to their football games. So they, did, they didn't want to ever get involved with the CFL because they felt they'd lose uh, control of that market. Um, Quebec City, of course, is a very unique uh, center uh, but have done a great job in building college football. And so we have to give kudos uh, to the success of the Francophone community. And, and then it spread, of course, to University of Montreal, University yeah. of Sherbrooke, and... Uh, when you see the quality of young Quebecers playing football, it's it's very impressive.
0: Is uh, Rougeur? or I'm sorry, is that an amateur team? Because I, uh, I, I thought they were a professional team. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, good. Well, yeah, if you look at the size of some of those kids playing, and uh, what what's so fantastic to see, uh, honestly, is the, the quality of Canadian kids and the university system throughout Canada. Uh, How it's really uh, improved over time. Uh, And I know that there's lots of discussion about concussion and injury and uh, people are are skeptical sometimes about football, but it it is a great character builder. Uh, Of course, uh, education is so critical in terms of protecting players and uh, making sure that you're not jeopardizing your life by playing. But, uh, you know, it's come a long way, and uh, the kids themselves today very proud of, to see the evolution of uh, young Canadians in our country.
0: Because I could have swore Matthew Bertrand, when he was quarterback, I think he was 37. I, I'm just, I, I said, how old? Are, I think his kids are watching this game. I said, how can this be going on? But it is that kind of dominance that we've seen. And, and as you know uh, very well, Senator, the grassroots football that, that happens in Quebec, just like it does in Western Canada, whether it be Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Alberta, of course, has a great one. So does BC, uh, quite frankly. And it, it does lend itself to, I think, where we're sitting now. And uh, you know, as you just mentioned to Commissioner uh, Randy Ambrosie. Uh, the league, aside from probably some issues, maybe a little concern in, in Montreal. I don't know how, how, how panicky it is. I, I, I certainly be more worried about what's happening in Toronto. But in terms of the rest of the league, the the new stadiums that they have built, uh, and I think sometimes the level of play and the attendance. I think, uh, speaking, it's 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 maybe the healthiest it's ever been.
3: Well, I would say that uh, the CFL goes through cycles. If you remember back in the early '80s, Doug Mitchell got a. I believe it was a 33 million dollar TV contract over three years, uh, which was huge at the time, and and was the peak of the uh, the 70s with the expansion of the Olympic Stadium with the Commonwealth. Uh, you had, uh, and of course uh, in Toronto uh, with the Skydome, but you had the um, the, the peak period uh, in that late 70s, early 80s, and then all of a sudden the down period, and uh, that came in uh, just before. Uh, I took over as commissioner, and being aware of where the league was at, it's always had its ups and downs, and I would have to agree with you. At this time, you're at a high, uh, but at the same time, there's more work to be done. Uh, you have to make sure that in Montreal uh, you're going to get the the type of play Uh, that's going to generate fan support. The good news for the Alouettes, and it's not good news, is that you have the Canadians that are having some frustrations and uh, the soccer team, the impact, that is not necessarily playing at its highest level. That's not a good omen when you have three teams that are struggling in a market that demands excellence. And uh, Toronto, you would mentioned the difficulties they have. The good news about Toronto is you have very powerful people involved with that franchise, who have deep pockets, and I think it's a matter of time. Uh, Jim Spiros and, and Mark Tressman are two excellent individuals, and uh, they will get the players in place. So, when you look at the other teams in uh, Saskatchewan, uh, Saskatchewan to do what it did and build that beautiful stadium, it just shows the 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 the, the, the quality of people in that province and and the the. I guess, the belief in what they can do to to be better. And uh, it's just a fantastic experience. And so, yes, the league is at a point, but it has to keep going because you understand television controls sport. And uh, television in Canada still, I I don't believe, we're much more than 13 or 14 million television sets in our country. And when you compare it to the size of the American market, uh, you know it is more than a 10 to 1 uh, uh, difference in terms of size and capacity. Television drives sport. And uh, the key is being able to get that market and grow that market.
1: Senator Smith, when you when you look back at your uh, career and and being the CFL commissioner for as long as you were, and now being the official leader of the opposition in the Senate, is there anything that? And I'm trying to link up the two because I see some comparisons. But of course, I've never been in either one of these positions that you have. Do you see anything that you've taken out of being a commissioner of a league? into now uh uh, you know being a senator and being an official opposition leader of the senate and what what sort of things do you do you deal with on a day-to-day basis that kind of link you back to your football background and your business background because it's it's quite the resume that that you have built up
3: well uh, you know when you play on a team and uh, spend so much of your life playing with a uh, other individuals, you'll learn a little bit about values and you'll learn a little bit about uh, teamwork and and understanding goals and objectives, and uh, th- that's been very helpful uh, in my life. Um, I applied for the CFL commissioner's job because uh, I honestly believed uh, at the time that I could do something to help the league. I knew the league was in big trouble, and I said, you know, I'd rather be at the, the helm of the ship than have somebody else there um, who... Uh, you know, may not be as as strong or could do what I could do. And that's not an arrogant statement. It was just a belief. And so uh, part of your life is you develop belief systems and you get yourself dedicated to to causes. And uh, to me, the CFL was a cause. A a little anecdote. I had lunch the first or second day as commissioner with a fellow named Donald Crump, not Trump, Crump. (laughs) And uh, he was Harold Ballard's accountant. And he was the commissioner before I started. He wasn't commissioner for very long, but uh, he passed on a very interesting comment. He said, commissioner, he said, I've got a a recommendation for you. And I said, what's that, sir? And uh, because I was very thankful that he would spend time with me. He said, don't make any decisions. And I said, I beg your pardon. And he said, don't make any decisions. And uh, I understood the message. There was a subliminal message there. And his message was, Don't make any decisions because every decision you make, you will use social capital. So going in, I knew that any decision that I made, it would be like drinking water out of a glass, which is my social capital. And I also knew that if I could last five years as commissioner, it would be a miracle in the context of where the CFL was at. But it was sort of maybe a dedication to the cause because I had such a great time as a player with my friends who I still have who were former players, uh, that it was something I wanted to do. And when you look at politics, Canada is such a great country and uh, getting involved with politics was uh, something I thought about long and hard early in my life. I never really did at the time because I had a family and I had to bring up my family. But uh, at the same time, uh, getting involved with politics, is, my objective is very simple, help make Canada a better place. Uh, if it's no, there's no personal gain for me in this deal. And uh, being leader of the opposition, it's 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 trying to mobilize people and make sure that people are consistent in their thought process and and think things through, because there's a lot of emotion in politics. And uh, but it's a great experience. I'm so proud and honored to have the opportunity to to participate.
0: Well, Senator, it's been fantastic uh, having you on the show this morning, covering many many topics. But there's, the the one thing that I have not asked, and I thought, boy, if I ever see Larry Smith, I got to ask him about this one. So when Brad goes on The Bachelor, did you know they were coming to your house? <laughs> <laughs> well, when Brad went on The Bachelor, uh, you know,
3: it was a very interesting experience and a great one for Brad because he was always, he was in theater as a young guy and, uh, uh, when they came to the house, uh, they did just sort of take over the house, but uh, it was uh, something that uh, Lisa and I will never forget. And, and for Brad, it turned out to be an, uh, a great experience. Unfortunately, he and Bianca didn't stay together, but, uh, uh, you know, it was one of those things that... Uh, I think he learned a lot, though. life lessons through that deal. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. That's a pretty diplomatic answer, eh? Right? Oh, there you
0: go. There, that's why you chose that job. Good for you, <laughs> Senator. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, uh, and uh, certainly fun for both. they myself, all the viewers and the listeners, uh, uh, getting a little inside take on uh, on the decisions at the time and the decisions you're currently making. It's been a wonderful morning, and and I thank you so much, Larry, for joining us here today. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you. That is Senator Larry Smith uh, joining us uh, here uh, today on uh, com, And uh, I've always uh, certainly respected uh, literally everything that he has done because yes. most of it, uh, most people wouldn't do what he has done. I mean, do, do you want to be commissioner of the CFL after Donald Crump? And I do remember. He looked exactly like Homer Simpson with glasses. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he he yeah. looked like Homer and he never spoke. As as just verified by 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 Senator Larry Smith, and uh, you want to take over at that time, and then you decide you're going to take the Canadian Football League, yeah. and go into the, the United States. He's
1: being very modest when he says that you know he wasn't he wasn't uh, necessarily the one that saved. The, I I personally no, think he did. he did. He did. I think he Larry did. Smith did save the CFL, and uh, and I thought it was uh, I was a memorable. Uh, aspect of the Cfl's illustrious you know history uh, you know when you look back at it and you think of it and i know we've talked about it countless times so i thought this this has to be a guest on our show because of 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 what happened to the league that we all love and and how it bettered it even though there was some hiccups along the way and, and, and but but what it did at that time because being a bomber fan every single year cal Murphy would roll up uh, uh, you know this franchise is in trouble the bombers could be folding this could and this money, was pumped into this system, and it wasn't just that. We there was a save the Stampeders campaign. Oh yes, the, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders yes. were going to fold up tent two. There was at one lo- time. there were
0: lotteries at times, and uh, there were bingo. there were
1: telethons. So so what, it
0: scared that really it scared yeah, the crap out of me back
1: uh, there. Th- there there could have been a time where the entire league would have closed shop if something like this did not happen, and the money that was infused into the pockets of, of uh, CFL teams that badly, badly needed it. And I, I, I think this, you know, we, we talked to a Hall of Fame guest uh, at every level and and, and no doubt, uh, you know, uh, Hall of Fame life. I mean, you look at that resume oh, from yeah. top to bottom.
0: Well, it's amazing. You know what? If we do get a chance, I'd love to have uh, Marv Levy uh, on the show because when you, <laughs> when you hear his voice, there is such command behind it. Yes. There is such depth of knowledge and it just earns respect. Because when he talks to you, should it be a little jolting? Because he gets very passionate. He's a very well-read man, too, by yep. the way. Very, very educated man. Boy, you just, you just stay in your place. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and he, he would be wonderful to talk to as well. Here's something else. If I look back at, you know, 93, 94, 95, uh, the Thai Cats at times were getting twelve and 13,000 people. Uh, we saw what was happening out in, of all places, people can't even get around their heads about Regina being in trouble. Because of what you see now. With maybe the most spectacular unbelievable stadium I didn- would never think would end up on my television. But here's yet another thing I wouldn't think I would have saw back in 93. That the Saskatchewan Rough Riders would be playing the Calgary Stampeders featured in a video game NCAA and this is what I don't get, NCAA fourteen. NCAA fourteen. Is it me? is do i think this is normal and and look at the detail this is unbelievable i wonder who wins all teams are lining up for the
4: kickoff we're just about set to get this one underway
0: look at the stadium what here's kickoff and
4: with that we kick off our season He's to the 20. Makes it out to maybe the 19-yard line. I think there's a lot of emotion involved right now. From the fan standpoint.
0: The the Darren Durant's coaches, quarterback. Head coach, this is weird. Have you seen this? Too, I have it's not. This is bizarre. Look at the stadium. So there's the guy making his plays. Not sure who it is. A lot of pressure in these games. Do you like the football games? Do you play football? Love. Love yeah. it. I just don't do it that often don't have time kids, kids. Leads the team no. children
5: for the first drive
0: see i'm fascinated by this stuff and, three, oh it looks like a first down.
4: tackle made the 33 yard line
3: getting the ball to your tight end and allowing him to make That'll plays in a passing game can really Just open down. things up on the outside for your real speedsters
0: Oh, I think Chris Jones must well. No, this is Chamblin, uh, uh, Corey, uh, Corey Chamblin, th- yep. th- th- at this point. That's right.
1: Interestingly, usage of the name Tight End.
0: From their own wow. 33-yard line. Do <laughs> you notice there's no usage of th- any of their names? <laughs> no,
1: I was going to say. That would be a slot back.
0: <laughs> uh, I can admit, Darian Durant, this looks very healthy. Oh, except for that
4: As a running back, you've got to get <laughs> up field north and south. That time, he just seemed to wait.
0: And they also and put, do you notice, they put them in the Sun Belt. Thanks for that. They they've put the CFL teams in the Sun Belt. Well, that's what Canada's known for, yeah. right? <laughs> Great weather during the football season. Uh, I'll tell you what they're known for: Calgary Stampede, the Calgary Stampede, the chuck wagon races. I know people. Are like, what are you crazy? Yeah, you watch this. So so uh, my good friend Mark Sutherland is in the top four. So as I said, like NASCAR, except at the end of the uh, the, the week of racing, the, the nine uh, heats, you get a semifinal, and then you have the dash for cash, a hundred thousand dollars, including. Kurt Benzmiller, who has literally been almost the fastest single guy every night. For those that didn't see the Chuck final, let's go up to less. There's the horn in the $100,000 dash for cash
5: at the 2018 GMC Rangeland. Derby is out of town with the Bears You
0: know, in the uh, interior of that, there's, uh, there's sweets in there that you can get in the infield, and that's where you can have drinks like a lot of drinks. First time I ever saw it, I, there was no rye left.
5: they
0: like, sir, are you going to leave? No. it's
5: Arizona, but it's Kurt Benzmiller. Versatile energy streaks to the lead as we've seen him do so many times this week. Jason Glass has got company coming. So if you're not,
0: uh, in, you know, initiated into what this is, if you've got the one barrel like Kurt did, that means you pretty much have the fastest time. And once you make that early turn, if, as long as the outriders don't knock a barrel over so there's no penalties, you ride the rail like this, uh, it's really tough to beat.
5: Calgary, it's your turn to come alive. Here comes the Duke of Newberry, Kurt Benzmiller. Here comes Chance Vegan and Jason Glass. Chance Vegan with a late charge. It is the Duke of Newberry, wire to wire with his wheels on fire. Kurt Bensmiller. First length ahead of, of Chance Vegan, A half a length ahead of, of Jason Glass and Mark Sutherland. Air Canada has landed on runway four. And that's a wrap in the GMC Rangeland Derby.
0: There it was uh, once again from uh, Sunday night. Uh, my buddy coming. Uh, technically he comes in third. But that was, uh, again, it's, that's the event, Dave, that I just, I was literally a groupie. That's why I went to Pinocchio or Strathmore. didn't matter where it was. It's a good I, time. I, I went there. It and really is. It is, it is. If you have not been and you want it like a bucket list thing to just to have the greatest time of your life with the best people that you're ever going to meet, then you go to Alberta, you go to Calgary, you go during the uh, Calgary Stampede. You're watching rawmikerichards.com, uh, either on the uh, website or uh, the dedicated YouTube channel. Now, I, I do have to ask Dave because I'm going to show you a clip of something very exciting. Yes, sir. Uh, what did you do uh, on the on the on on your weekend there? Weekend? What, ha- uh, what happened for you? I imagine a lot of swimming with the girls. Yeah, a lot from. of
1: swimming. We went to... Uh, uh, a pool in our community area, where it was—it uh, wasn't that packed actually. It was—it was nice that uh, you know, because I thought for sure, considering that Toronto's going through hell as far as temperatures are concerned, uh, it would be packed. It wasn't, so that was great. Uh, and then you know, just barbecues and regular you know weekend stuff that we do with the family. So, well, every, everything, everything good.
0: I did uh, a little golfing, oh, you which did. probably surprised you.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, especially in this heat you well, are coming off a pretty good tournament that, so, that was uh, a good tournament,
0: we yeah. had, had a good showing but I, this is a different kind of golf this is golf clash you play on your phone sounds good but I think the people go, well how'd you play in the weekend well let's take a look, I believe this is a, the fourth hole uh, this is me trying to decide what club to use I'm looking at a wedge mm-hmm. and I, am, I need to get this thing close you can hear it's a beautiful beautiful day on the golf course and here I go. Need to get this thing close. Great shot! Thank you. This is- oh.
1: Ego. In your life.
0: Oh, my my, that is something. That's uh, yeah, oh, please. Oh boy, look at all the tweets now. Congratulations, uh, you're the best. Uh, uh, do you want to sleep with my wife? Like good, all these kinds of things. Good reaction. Yeah, there's something too. from the Olsen twins. I can't read. Yeah. Uh, boy, just amazing. Disney Crawford, you stop at you. You're a pretty girl. No, you're the prettiest one. <laughs> okay. Oh, I could go on, Dave. Agree. Yeah. <laughs> do you play any of that stuff? I never. I, you I, don't. I but don't. I'm, I'm trying right now. I don't. Don't play it, cause you'll never.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. You,
0: you're you're supposed to be doing like you know when you, we have to clean the house this weekend. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then she'll hear.
1: <laughs> There's always that. You know that.
0: Uh, birdie. She's, what is that down, What what is that noise downstairs? Oh, I don't know. I think uh, <laughs>
1: there must be a bird. In I the think
0: house. <laughs> I think someone's watching TV and a, a really good guy's playing golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, don't do that. Uh, uh, the Blue Jays and um, boy, I gotta tell you, uh, people make a lot of of getting yelled at uh, when it comes to. Um, Exchanges when you're the beat reporter, sometimes it gets a little testy. Yep. Did you do you ever have anyone that uh, that yeah, went you off always, on you? You always have
1: because uh, it's a r- relationship, run-ins. right? Yeah, yeah. You always have run-ins. Uh, Jason Blake and I had a couple back and forths. Um, uh, let's see, Brian McCabe and I had a couple back and forths. Uh, the big one was Mike Sullivan, though. Uh, the day after Joe Thornton was traded, Sullivan was in Calgary at the time. And, uh, you know, they just, you know, Mike O'Connell, the general manager of the Bruins at the time, pulls off this massive trade. Jumbo goes to the Sharks, and we know what happened there. Uh, they clearly got ripped off, and I decided that I was going to approach him about, uh, uh, let's see, the, the best way of saying it is uh, that the Bo- Boston Bruins may not have gotten as much in return as I, as I thought they would get for a first-round draft pick and the center of their franchise to be and. And Michael, Mike Sullivan disagreed with me. So Yeah, I
0: believe all the other reporters are going, oh, this is going to be good. Yes. I'm Roger, hate- Roger Millions yeah. came up Ro- to me
1: and said, thanks for giving me the clip of the year. <laughs> it's so true. It, you could probably Google it somewhere. But, yeah, Sullivan kind of freaked out because I, I truly think looking at him while I was approaching the topic, if we don't have any cameras around and it's just you and I, he says to me, "I, I we lost that trade. We lost that trade because they clearly did. It, just go back and Google what the Bruins got for Jumbo Thornton and 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 tell me I'm wrong because I'm not.
0: See, uh, Marcus Stroman uh, went off on Arash Madani. Yes. And so it even made it to the Twitterverse. But from what I understand, it, it had to do with a question that he asked back in 2000 and, or a situation. Not for, that he remembers these things. Like 2012? Yeah. In yeah. Vancouver. Interesting. And he thought, what what is that all about? But but so he kind of walks away like a lot of guys do in the beginning, like the you know what stupid question uh, anything else anything but the game no, but then he came back. And that was a mistake what, right yeah, there. Then he came back. Yeah. And so I really don't read much into it. I don't think the organization organization really one way or the other doesn't care. Even if it was profanity laced, I think a Rashad who's been around for a long time, we know him, we both know him really well, would have uh, takes the beaten and you kind of move on. I don't see this as any kind of nope. Uh, it's, situation.
1: It's funny though, Mike. This sort of situation, if it's in the '80s or '90s, the player probably comes out today and apologizes for it. Today, nothing. I'm just, I, it's just the difference between what was and what is. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Marcus Stroman's uh, um, mistake was returning to the scene. He said what he said at the beginning. Leaves. That's where it should have closed and that's why this is what it is
0: today. See, and if it's me and I asked a question like you did, which is a valid question, let's say it is a valid question. The thing that I don't think I could take, this going back to Todd Stottlemyre. Oh,
1: this is a good one. <laughs> this is There's a multiple good ones. Baseball seems to do this Baseball, every once in a while. Baseball's
0: yeah. got one, just because I think it's such a passive sport. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of built-up tension, sure and especially for a pitcher. This is another pitcher. This is after he left, so he leaves the Blue and, Jays. And
1: by the way, just on your point, out of all the sports... I've covered, and I've covered basically every single league in North America, by far the biggest jerks as a whole,
0: Major League yeah, Baseball. and I think everyone would agree with you. But what happens if the guy starts to have a rant, and his voice kind of goes funny as he's yelling? <laughs> Todd Stalemeyer, if he does this to me, halfway in between, Dave, you're laughing. Well, why are you yelling at me like Curly from the Three Stooges? I mean Is
1: that what we're gonna do? We're
0: gonna f-ing talk about it every f-ing time before I lose my cool one f-ing time and we're gonna f-ing talk about it? Huh? Is
4: that what we're gonna do? I thought one fing bitch, alright? I lost my f-ing cool and we're gonna f-ing talk about it! Huh? I busted my f-ing ass out there! I did every fing thing I can you think I'm pissed? I'm fing pissed! Alright! <laughs> Yeah. I did. I <laughs> <pool. Are you laughs> happy?
0: Yeah. I no, I'm we're good now.
4: Again.
0: Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, good luck on your that's next <laughs> job out there. You get when
4: your <laughs> job. That's my job. That's, my job. that's my living. I'm, <laughs> <pissed. God> I'm <laughs>
5: like
4: pissed. Right?
0: Do you think you pitch poorly?
1: Those are the situations yeah. where you, you calmly, and it has to be a short rebuttal. Is there, is there something wrong with your voice? <laughs> Just if you want to add gasoline to it.
0: Have you ever done Shakespeare? Because I <laughs> I got to tell you. <laughs> what? And I
1: rule to all you journalists and media people out there. Get your you, cameraman to always roll. Yeah, roll. Never yeah. press pause or stop. You roll it until you're walking into the parking lot.
0: That's for all the kids out there. Yep. For everyone listening. Full free. That's what you get from this show. That's what you get from raw Mike Richards and Dave Bastl. Life lessons. Just ask Russell. Who apparently on his trip to Sweden, surprisingly and much to our chagrin, got absolutely nothing
5: <laughs>
0: not even necking no no like, well my mom showed up okay hey elvis hey elvis we can take it down a notch thanks to senator larry smith you're so awesome that was a great time today it was awesome Yeah. a very humble guy
1: jeff Manish tomorrow
6: see you tomorrow